It's April in Michiana, so make sure you've got your snow boots and tank tops ready to go. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the Grace of Giving podcast. We're your hosts, James Riley and Grace Prasniewski. Gee, I thought we were done with snow days ago, but uh, I should have known. Yeah, so um, not only did we get snow this week, but I think next week we're going to hit the 70s again. Um, So we're getting all four seasons here in South Bend. (laughs) That's right. Well, if we have to live through a year's worth of weather, at least we get to pass the time with a great guest. Please help us welcome to the show Program Director on the Financial Administration and Strategy Team, Andrew Fry. Andrew, welcome. Thank you for having me here, James and Grace. Awesome. Well, Andrew, we're actually going to be trying out a new format today, sort of a four by four. Uh, So we'll have four sections, one one on your background, one on your role, one on your time in development, and then what you like to do outside of work. And then we'll end with our classic take five. Uh, So you're kind of our test case today. Thank you. (laughs) So let's dive into our first section. Andrew, can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and where you grew up? All right. So I grew up in Muncie, Indiana, um, oh, home yeah. of Ball State, Ball State, and and home of me. Uh, <laughs> it's about two and a half hours drive away. Now that we've got that um, bypass around Kokomo and Lakeville and La Paz, it's a little quicker. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I was kind of a shy kid, and you know I was always signed up for whatever activities like Boy Scouts or piano lessons or karate even but you know I always made those feel like more of a chore than they should have been I would have rather been home playing Nintendo or building Legos <laughs> <laughs> or watching Saved by the Bell there you go <laughs> did you watch the uh didn't that get rebooted Saved by the Bell oh gosh I haven't I haven't like I don't live in the now anymore I don't think but <laughs> I probably saw every episode twice <laughs> yeah back then. that and uh cobra kai you mentioned karate the, the karate oh yeah. yeah i've heard good reviews of that absolutely <laughs> um andrew uh what was your first job and uh were there any lessons that you got from it that you've carried with you throughout your professional life um so my first job was at a wendy's and i honestly don't really remember any lessons from it <laughs> So if I can like fast forward several years, I can tell you about, um, I worked in campus ministry at Notre Dame uh, before coming to development. And I was working on a project with the dorm chapels. So like each dorm has a chapel. So there's like, I don't even know what the count is of how many chapels there are on campus now, but it's crazy, like 50 or something. And the church came out with some new norms uh, but around like 2004 or so that all the chalices and everything had to be precious metal. Couldn't have anything porous or glass. Hmm. Um, so then I was charged with the task of one summer going into each dorm chapel, absconding with their treasures of clay and glass and replacing them with precious metal. So I guess what I learned from that is that uh, people... I'm thinking of the rectors here. People don't like not being included in decisions that affect their work. <laughs> mm. They would rather be involved. 
maybe with the church you can't really uh there's only so much you can do when the vatican says you have to but (laughs) (laughs) i was like a vigilante and that that wasn't necessarily uh (laughs) well liked and in case you're wondering um saint ed tall was already in compliance so of course (laughs) (laughs) so this did not apply to father ralph When did you realize that you wanted to work in higher ed or the nonprofit space? Uh, so I wish I could say that there was like an epiphany, but really the universe just must have conspired to get me here. Uh, I know I wanted to stay in the South Bend area because my grandparents were here and uh, just really things just led in, in that direction. Mm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your time in Notre Dame's MNA program and sort of what initially attracted you to the academic side of the university? Sure. Um, so the Master of Nonprofit Administration uh, program is one that's designed where you can still maintain your normal job, your employment, while you're in school. Uh, it's A lot of it's in the summer and then some evening classes uh, that were, you know, before Zoom, it was like everyone was on the phone and also in a chat room, I think, but probably it's easier nowadays. So um, I was able to stay employed while doing that program. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did my undergrad here as well. I transferred in as a sophomore um, from IU in Bloomington. Oh, nice. And for reference, I was in Bloomington the year that Bobby Knight was fired. Oh, so wow. So that helps you <laughs> age me. The chair So was Mickey Kidder, by the way, but uh, she was a senior the year I was a freshman. So Okay. That's, oh, in case that's you were wondering who's older. <laughs> uh, I'm, I have a, uh, a fear that this thumping, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but... It's going to make it into the recording. There is a, a poor bunny that has fallen into my window well here in my basement. So, and it keeps oh jumping in, into the window. So, do we uh, need to pause so you can save it? Oh, I'll save it. He'll be fine for a little bit. I'll, right after we're done, I'll go out there. This happens like three or four times a year. Fro- frogs and bunnies. <laughs> poor thing. All right. Well, rolling into our next session, uh, section, can you tell us how you joined the Notre Dame Development Department? Uh, So I joined development in 2006 during the Spirit campaign, uh, about six months before it went public. And my job was for the major gift phase of the campaign, which was uh, largely event-based. We were to have events in almost every major city that had enough alumni in it to warrant one. And... It was a very similar formula for the event, like a local donor in that area would um, sponsor it and pay for it. We would have dinner and show the campaign video, which is like 25 minutes long. And then uh, then there would be speeches by like one of the university officers and someone in development. And then afterwards, uh, everyone would get solicited by either Tom Molnar or Luke Conway. So, <laughs> wow. and we would repeated that, you know, 30 times over, over the course of two years. 
in different cities. Awesome. Did you have a favorite city? So I, I had the least fun in every city because I would um, fly in, do the event and fly right back out. And so I've like been to all these cities that I've not really been to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is there one that you were like, I have to come back so that I do things the next time? (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, it was, uh, like that's, I've never been to California except for doing these events, like been to LA and San Francisco. So, you know, I'd like to actually see some stuff. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, so in your current role, um, pre-pandemic, because uh, we'll get mm. into a little bit about how the pandemic's impacted your particular role, but pre-pandemic, what did a typical day look like for you? So that depends whether we're talking about the spring or the fall. Mm. So like mm-hmm. in the fall, um, football takes up a lot of time. Sure. And in the spring, football takes up a lot of time. <laughs> So <laughs> I see what you did there, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so, but actually starting a little over a year ago, um, so we're now on Catherine Valenti's uh, financial and administration and strategy team, mm-hmm. which is new as a, we were actually briefly on your team, James, for a minute before that. That's right. Um so now I have the added pleasure of working with Catherine on some fun projects that um, mostly do not involve football. So it's nice to be able to step away from that now and then. You know, like uh, financial administration strategy, we're responsible for managing like resource allocation for the department, budgets and position management, and of course tickets is a resource. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of projects. Can you describe the the ecosystem around tickets and and who's involved and how do you all interact with one another? Yeah, so um, Jill Calderoni heads up our efforts around tickets. Mm-hmm. I'll try to you know drop as many names as possible because uh, <laughs> I feel like nobody's seen each other for a year, so it helps to remind. <laughs> That's right, you got that right. <laughs> so we've got. Jeff Stuckey, Rachel Parks, Catherine Valenti, and Jill Calderoni and myself are on this team. But uh, Jill and I are involved in the ticket part. So development purchases an inventory of football, basketball, and hockey tickets um, that we use for fundraisers to cultivate and steward donors and potential donors. Uh, So we work closely with the fundraisers and with the ticket office and and trying to accommodate uh, fundraisers entertaining donors on a game-by-game basis. But then we also coordinate the eligibility for donors to participate in the football lottery each year. So that's based on their annual giving. And you know, the, the more you give annually, the better football application you can get. So we're mm-hmm. behind the scenes uh, figuring that mm-hmm. out and providing that data to the ticket office. Thinking about tickets and um, the normal football seasons around here, uh, I think that, you know, it's it's like such an exciting area, but also probably such a stressful area. Um, so uh, what's your favorite part of your role? And then what part of your role do you sort of most struggle with or find challenging? Mm. So, I mean, those could maybe be the same thing because I like the challenge 
um, there's there's different things I do that I kind of look at as like putting a puzzle together, you know, like there is a solution or maybe more than one solution and you just have to figure it out. And tickets is a good example of that because there are all these requests going in for tickets and you don't know what request is going to come in tomorrow that you're going to have to accommodate. But also at the same time, you don't want to be stuck with a bunch of tickets that at game time uh, because you know we bought those and that's a liability. So the balance of trying to sell out but not sell out too quickly and anticipate what how those puzzle pieces are going to change tomorrow. So rolling into our next section uh, about development and and working here, what's been the coolest event that you've helped work on work on and handle the ticketing for? Okay, so I didn't handle the ticketing for this, but I was asked to be a seat filler uh, with Taylor Swift's family. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> they RSVP'd for more seats than what they needed for her brother's commencement. So um, Christy Ganyard, you know, I didn't even know they were there. <laughs> she like registered them under a fake name. Um, so I'm just there like helping staff the event. And she's like, um, we're going to need you to sit right here. And <laughs> next to I the it, next to the slow family, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's something with a G. She like I don't remember what name she gave them, but I played it real cool. I was just like Taylor's <laughs> other brother. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, Were you able to like talk to her? Or no, no. I tried to really nonchalantly take a couple pictures, but yeah, I, yeah. I was trying to play it cool. Like I'm here to do my job. They're probably like, you cannot make direct eye contact with Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) But that was so accidental. Like if I can even, I'll I'll flashback even further to like something that was actually an event that I had responsibility for. And um, I'm recalling a campaign event in St. Louis. Uh, Janet Jessup, if she's listening, uh, she was there. Mm. And Father Jenkins was our guest speaker. And this was... um, in 2008 and if you'll recall that was the year that obama was invited to speak at commencement Mm -hmm. so and not everybody was happy about that Mm -hmm. i think any of us working here can remember that as like a major deal that year so anyway we're in st louis it's like a 90 degree plus spring day which apparently in the midwest is a recipe for like severe weather so mm-hmm. right before the event, the storm blows through and like knocks out the electricity in most of the city. So we're at, at this country club with no power and, you know, everyone's on their way and it's an evening event. So we are able to rent a couple of generators to keep the food from spoiling in the fridges because, you know, we're serving dinner and, and then we had to like, borrow one of those to like play the campaign video because that was important Hmm. and (laughs) it just kept getting darker and darker throughout the event and then it comes time for father john to speak and like you can't see him so while he's speaking i keep sneaking up there and like adding additional candles on the podium right in front of his face (laughs) while he's talking somehow this made this like one of the most memorable events for me because like the absurdity of the situation that I just have to keep sneaking up there and adding candles. Yeah. And even though it was like so gross and hot and 
sticky and and dark like everyone stayed like way past the event was supposed to end and they were like lined up to ask him the questions afterward so you know a lot of them didn't like his decision to invite obama but they still wanted to hear what he had to say hmm. and they wanted to ask him questions and it was like at the end of the night they had to be like escorted back to their cars by flashlight wow <laughs> oh man that's like huge shout out to anyone who does events and absolutely has to deal with that kind of, i would crumble like that. <laughs> that is so stressful. Uh, I think you're just like, oh, so that's what today is going to throw at us. All right. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, Andrew, uh, some of the you know, I think we all are pretty familiar with like beat and how important that is to the whole ticketing system we have set up. But um, how have you seen the technology that you work with change since you started? Okay, so this question makes me feel old. Mm. <laughs> uh, when I started in development, I was one of the young ones. And then it seemed like there was like a gap in age to where like everyone else was class of 88 or older. Really? I, I need to remind myself that this is being recorded. So <laughs> I don't know who I'm offending right now, but, <laughs> but I don't know. We had a typewriter in the office, but you only had to use it like when someone needed you to fill out a form that then you'd have to fax somewhere. We faxed a lot, you know. Wow. Um, binders were really in still. Uh, remember binders? Binders were all the rage. They were all the rage. <laughs> and you had to constantly keep your binders updated, you know, like printing out the freshest reports and keeping them up to date. So if someone wanted to grab them off the shelf, they were ready to go. Uh, so like a lot of office space was dedicated to binders and filing cabinets and um advanced web wasn't here yet but there was advanced but it was the you like down you installed the program on your computer and it actually worked a lot faster than the web version so just saying <laughs> just saying <laughs> but beat has been here the entire time i've been here i think it was developed in-house um slightly before then yeah, I think, uh, was that uh, Jay Rizzi that developed that? Uh, I don't know. I think OIT developed it, and then Jay has been responsible for any enhancements we've uh, made in the more recent oh, okay. years. okay. So that was an OIT product. Um, let's see. So no one had dual monitors back then. That was unheard of. Uh, just like a small square monitor, and you deal with it. Uh, is this a, like along the lines of <laughs> what you're getting yeah, at? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think I'm kind of still trying to take in the typewriter. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a lot to process for me. But... Oh, I, I rarely had to use it. I think I would see like Brenda Carr using it now and then, or Betty Russo would have to fill out forms for, you know, it was, it was rare. You'd have to like go in the copy room and use it. But the fax machine was less rare, definitely less rare. Um, I yeah, facts. That's another one that's kind of I feel fallen fallen away. Oh yeah. Yeah, I now that you can just scan stuff and email it. Why would you ever fax? Mm -hmm. you know? Right. But now and then someone wants it. But mm -hmm. uh, probably the biggest technology change though is the capability for electronic ticketing for sporting events. Yes. We're seeing that more and more. Um, so I'm excited to see like how that plays out over the years and the efficiencies we can develop from that. 
Along the same lines there, Andrew, with technology, what functionalities or upgrades do you hope to see in the future regarding your work? Uh, oh, gosh, I think that, w that would be awesome if we could do electronic ticketing. But And, you know, we just came off that meeting about returning to work and space management. Mm -hmm. It'd be great if you could tell on your calendar like uh, who was in and who wasn't and when you're scheduling meetings. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, so as we mentioned earlier, your role uh, was pretty drastically impacted by the pandemic in terms of ticketing and sort of sporting events because we weren't able to host donors. Um, so how did you sort of manage that pivot for yourself? Hmm. So there, uh, there were a couple projects that I've been able to throw uh, more time into uh, with Catherine. You, you're both uh, assisting with the Employment Lifecycle Project. Mm -hmm. So uh, James is one of our sponsors for that. That's been one of them. Um, I also, in the fall and, and spring, have been working with U University Health Services, uh, returning voicemails of students and like diagnosing them and sending them for quarantine and testing and um, resetting their red pass and their daily health check if it gets messed up. That's been different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, we've made it to the fun stuff. Tell us a little bit about your life outside of working and development. Um, so outside of work, at home, I guess I like to like, putz around the garden and pull a weed now and then, maybe with a glass of wine in the other hand. Uh, <laughs> it's not the hardcore <laughs> gardening. It's, uh, you know, stare at stuff. And if, if it need, looks like it needs to be done and, and it doesn't require two hands, then you do it. <laughs> Uh, so I guess along those lines, have you picked up any new hobbies or skills during the last year? Uh, I'm getting better at removing paint from baseboards and molding. So like splatters on, you know, decades old splatters or maybe fresher ones that <laughs> that maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> um, removing that. It's tedious, but been nice to uh have some time at home to stare at walls and you know real get motivated to actually take care of things that weren't getting taken care of before i do feel like this has been like the perfect time for not even home renovation but like home like the things that you just always think like it's not that big of a deal but now you've got the time to kind of like go do it mm -hmm. so. right and now you're like oh that chip paint on the wall I can't just look at that every day and not do something about it. <laughs> and I guess my, uh, another new skill is I'm, I'm getting pretty good at uh, sharing TikToks with, with friends that probably oh. don't appreciate them as much as I do. But <laughs> if, you, if you want to get on my distribution list of <laughs> Man, you are, I see, that's a, technology where I feel like I have aged out of like the cool young people because like I don't know TikTok I don't know how oh, to I don't know how I don't know how Me to neither. participate in it like I could I wouldn't make a video but I can easily watch them <laughs> <laughs> it gives me hope for the future just seeing the youth and like 
the talent that's out there mm-hmm. that otherwise I might not have access to. Like, it's interesting. I've been to your very nice home a couple of times. Do you have access to the river from, from your house? Like, can you go down the hill? I do. It's quite steep, mm. but yes. <laughs> okay. Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> What's your perfect way to spend a summer day? Um, so I usually uh, hang out outside and like act like I'm really overheated and hope that the neighbors invite me over to their pool. <laughs> like I got to be obvious about it though. <laughs> is it, is that a successful strategy? Have you, have you I, been invited? Now and then. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do they, do they still hang out there on the on their like their patio that, that's up above? Uh, not very much. They're doing some masonry. Like I can see right now through the window, they have a mason out on that balcony. Okay. Um, there was a window, and I think they bricked it up. And wow. Yeah, they did a good job. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> uh, so what's something that you're looking forward to in the, the near future, like this year, whether it's personal, professional, what's something that gets you excited? I think I want to get together with friends uh, without having to really assess their comfort level of getting together and wondering where all have they been and, you know, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's gonna it's gonna be awkward. Sorry, it's just gonna be awkward, like getting back together with people that you haven't seen in like a year. Uh, do you act like nothing's happened, or you know, how do those conversations go? It's gonna be so socially awkward. Yeah, I think you well, do. I think you act like nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> I um when I had a a socially distant uh friend group get together and we talked about that, we should all just agree that like. 2020 like reset the clock like the, mm. the past year didn't happen we're all back at 2020 like go you know <laughs> uh well andrew we're actually about at the end of our time together um so thank you for letting us test out our our new little format with you um we're gonna end with our classic though so here's your take five favorite song to sing along to in the car <laughs> all right so when i'm in the car i listen to npr but if you're looking for a song, like lately when I want to get motivated and get up off my butt, I'll turn on the song Chop Suey. Do you know that song? No, I don't know that song. Uh, okay, well, it, it might be a little sacrilegious, the lyrics, but it'll like get you up off your butt. to. Um, <laughs> Who's it by? Get, get something done. System of a Down. Okay. Oh, System of a yeah. Down, sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so oh. anyway. That's your homework assignment. Oh, this was supposed to be a quick five, and here I'm <laughs> yapping. I just found it here on, on Spotify. I may play it later. So. All right. Um, favorite color? I like blue, green, gray, and sometimes maroon. <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice. I, I saw, I know this is supposed to be a quick take five, but <laughs> uh, I asked someone once what their favorite color was, and he said, well, my favorite color is red, but my secret favorite color is blue. Don't tell red. <laughs> I thought that was cute. All right. Uh, place you'd love to visit one day. Brazil. Mm, me too. Uh, best local eatery. 
for a burger, I like Oaken Bucket, but if I'm craving sushi, Wuchi. Mm, yes. Yeah, you are, you and I are on the same vibe there, definitely. <laughs> Best advice you've ever gotten? To give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm, love it. Love that. Wow. Well, that's it for us, Andrew. Thanks for joining us today. We had a great time talking with you. We laughed a bunch, and uh, we learned a lot a lot about you and, and your job and, and some of your passions outside of work. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, well, James, I think I have the perfect theme for your next WURX session. Oh, I, I need to get that on the calendar. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> What's that, G? <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic theme songs, including hmm. everyone's all-time favorite, our closing theme. Oh, so classic. So classic. Well, thanks for listening, folks, to the Grace of Giving podcast. I'm your host, James Riley. And I'm Grace Rosny. And this has been the Grace of Giving. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, stay, stay. gold.